welcome to the Deeper Dive Podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship, and uh, we do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. Well, today we're following up on uh, All Saints uh, Sunday, talking about uh, the term saints, all kinds of stuff, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I uh, thought I would maybe just add a little bit more dimension to the word saint itself, and then I wanted to go back and, and talk just a little bit about um, when we pick up the Greek meaning of saints, uh, which relates to the verb hagios, which is holiness, to talk about just what that means in terms of separating ourselves onto God. But I had a couple other notes that I uh, never got to Sunday that uh, um, compared uh, sainthood with a sense of holiness or righteousness. And I thought, well, maybe righteousness, uh, I'd, I'd journey off on that sidetrack for a moment. I think righteousness, many times we think about it as just a do and don't kind of list. Um, but righteousness really has to do with our relationship with God and with the quality of that relationship with God. Um, righteousness, I think, is following after God's mercy and following after his pattern of mercy and his practices of mercy. And also following after his practices maybe of justice. Uh, not that we do the justice part, not that we met out the justice, but God is is a fair and just God, and I think in um, in many ways we have to remind ourselves that um, that that's also our role uh, as Christian believers to be just and fair to everyone, and and not we have to be careful what we bring to the table when we have conversations, what baggage we might bring to the table, what history, what kind of things we might have in our upbringing, what kind of hurts that we might have. And continue to, to, as we work on our relationship with him, continue to think about, is this, is this what I'm saying or what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, uh, have a, a full measure of justice to it, or is, is my bias tilted? Um, and um, I think that's a challenge for us sometimes to yeah, do that. Yeah, for sure. I think also to be righteous is, is about doing the will of God. And... Um, of course, that sometimes is a, a interesting little journey about how we define what the will of God is or determine what the will of God is. Um, but I think, again, because God understands what's in our heart, many times, even if we mess up the intent to do the right thing and the intent to do the right will of God, um, certainly He takes note of and we try to grow from, uh, even if we miss that mark sometimes. Um, righteousness in the sense of a saint, I think, is also following the teachings of, <clears throat> excuse me, the teachings of Jesus, and keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, uh, even above. And I have to be careful here a bit, but I think sometimes the teachings of Jesus become the priority. Uh, and sometimes some of the traditions we've picked up over the ch in the church over the years may not be uh, the priority. And uh, the saints are the ones who I think are carefully praying and searching for what that means and seeking that out, trying to do, again, comes back to the heart, do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I also think that um, um, the saints, hopefully, uh, 
if, if we're the saints of God, we're trying to inspire others, inspire others uh, uh, into acts of mercy and piety and, and inspire others into a living, a godly life by God's definition of good, not necessarily our definition of good. So. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the journeys I was thinking about taking for just a moment and it's an interesting little journey in, in the sense of uh, the Greek word hagios, which saints also is tied with, which means to separate uh, or to set apart. Um, it's been a practice in the Old Testament that uh, the children of Israel followed in the sense that they did not, there were strict laws about not intermarrying with somebody from another faith, separating themselves. Um, I, f- I find that interesting sometimes uh, as I've been a part of the church uh, all of my life, how we interpret that um, in the sense that um, uh, I, I know some, some good godly people who won't let their kids play with uh, other children who are not of the same belief or the same set of beliefs as they are, which I find interesting. I find um, I find that challenging, I think, uh, when we exclude folks from that gospel because we still balance that mm-hmm. with going and making disciples. Um, so one of the challenges I think churches have had over the years is probably most of the folks in the church, um, and maybe less in a church the size of Calvary, but certainly in the smaller churches is that probably 80% of your friends are in that church, maybe more. And so sometimes we find that making disciples of Jesus Christ, in other words, words, reaching out to others who have not yet come to Christ, becomes a challenge because uh, we don't have a relationship with them or we don't have a connection with them. Uh, now we get on our soapbox out in the middle of the town square maybe and preach at them a little bit, <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't found that to be very effective or fruitful. No. Uh, and so this whole thing of being holy, set apart, trying to keep ourselves from getting caught into traps of sin also uh, at times can become a trap in itself because we're still called to go out into the world, not of the world, into the world to share our faith or our witness or our testimony or to help folks that uh, are, are different than us. And um, I, think, um, uh, I think that's one of the challenges for the saints, the believers, the disciples of Christ today is how we stay strong and clear in our faith and yet function well in other venues and other places living that faith out. Sure. Well, and I think it brings up um – uh, kind of one of the um, interpretive hurdles that I think modern Christians face when it comes to the Old Testament and the New Testament, and uh, the uh, certainly they're part of the same thing, but the distinction between the two and um, what uh, you know do we do we weight them equally? Do we read one without the absence of the other? Um, uh, you know, sometimes when I think we look at Scripture as uh, just this very flat uh, thing that you can just jump into, find something, and then jump back out, mm. um, we get ourselves in trouble. And certainly with this idea of um, 
uh, holiness or set-apartness, uh, that certainly is the case. So um, I, I'd maybe like to talk about that just a little bit more and say, how do we, how do we um, you know, maybe a better question is, what, what, does, what does Jesus take on that, uh, particularly in the Gospels? Because he seems to be going around... Um, "Quote unquote," breaking a lot of those rules <laughs> that we're appealing to in terms of set apartness for Israel, anyway. Um, so, what does that you know? How does that work? Well, when we look at the example of Jesus, and if indeed, again, using this word saints, look at what he did. He met with the tax collectors. He met with a woman who had been married. I can never remember whether she had married six or seven times, but she had a multiple of marriages sure. behind her, living with somebody at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, stood in the gap for some a sister who was about to be stoned. And so he uh, rubbed elbows with pretty much everybody. Um, the thing I think that uh, we struggle with that I'm not sure that he struggled with, he was fully divine and fully man at the same time uh, and sometimes I uh, I think we have to be careful so that we don't get caught up into traps uh, Jesus I don't think had that kind of uh, that kind of temptation or maybe if he did that relationship he had with God when he went up to the mountain to pray every morning mm-hmm. gave him some clarity about how to deal with that right Right. And the, um, there seems to be also, I think, some kind of shift in terms of what is in and what is out. Um, so if you look at the Old Testament law, uh, people who had some kind of uh, physical ailment were mm-hmm. considered um, unholy uh, or unclean or not able to be set apart in the way others um, were expected to be set apart. Uh, and there are all kinds of instances of those that um, Jesus doesn't just rub elbows with them. He puts them in the place of honor at uh, his banquet parable. Or mm-hmm. he says, these are the folks who are me, um, you know, in his parable of, well, when did we see you, uh, Jesus? So there there does seem to be a sense of reconfiguring um, what those uh, – Requirements are, I guess, for set apartness, and it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't tend to fall along the lines, I guess, of really clearly defined um, attributes. That, uh, as you mentioned before, there's a there's a heart condition that seems to be above and beyond um, any of those other things, mm-hmm. and um, that is uh, kind of the unique, I think, next level that Jesus. Uh, brings to this idea mm-hmm. of what it means to be set apart. Mm-hmm. That there are um, the training wheels, I guess, so to speak, or Paul would maybe call it the tutor, you know, mm-hmm. of the law of the Old Testament that uh, gives us kind of something to uh, to look at. But there's something beyond that that um, that Jesus uh, certainly is calling us into, um, and it's not easier. <laughs> It's right. It's, it's more difficult, I think, to make that uh, that kind of judgment. And I think it's where people, uh, you know, I think it's where people struggle sometimes today. Is there's this um, sense of am I doing the right thing or am I not right. doing the right thing? 
Um, and that's a legitimate question, but it's a harder question now than it was in the time of the Old Testament, I think. Right. Um, and I say all that just to say that it's, it is complicated, and if you're feeling that it's complicated, you are in the right place. <laughs> you are, you're, and you're right on par yeah. with everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just, as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, the day that Jesus, um, I can't remember if it was the blind man or the lame man, but it was just kind of an in-your-face, now go take, go take up your mat, it must have been the lame man, go mm-hmm. take up your mat and present yourself to the priests. Right. It was just like you weren't welcome in there before, but now you can walk, so mm-hmm. you should be welcome. Right. So show yourself to them. <laughs> yeah. And um, um, yeah, I, um, I, I one life changing thing was one uh, or illustration anyway it was not life changing thing, but uh, an illustration was Yance, Philip Yancey's book "Amazing." What's so amazing about grace was the prostitute he talked about in there Mm -hmm. Uh, when asked uh, why she continued to be in prostitution and why she didn't come to the church for help and her comment was what i why would i because all you've ever called me is a prostitute or a a whore or or whatever right and um, i think that's one of our challenges today is to still keep a measure of holiness and righteousness and mercy and piety and yet comes back to, I think, one of the greatest attributes of a saint is one who recognized that they are a sinner who was saved by God's grace and can somehow live that out. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's, uh, you know, definitely what Jesus is getting at in his, you know, parable of the two sons, um, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, instead of the prodigal son. It's really a parable about both of them. Mm-hmm. And that both of them are wrong in one way, and both of them are right in one way. Right. And that um, they're both not paying attention to what, what they have, um, and they're uh, desiring something different. One is doing that through uh, a very straight-laced kind of way, and one is doing it through... Uh, alternative means mm-hmm. um, but they're both missing the point and uh, uh, no matter the, whatever systems that they try to engage in um, those systems aren't working anymore mm-hmm. for them and so uh, it's a it's a, a interesting space to be in when you're uh, trying to figure this out I think in the 21st century for sure I sure do I uh, I remember I had a friend in seminary um, in his Choir and they, he's he's a brother from Texas and they used to sing a song from the view of the woman about to be stoned and the song was entitled uh, "He Felt My Pain" mm-hmm. and I've prayed for those eyes ever since that song right. uh, that Jesus had that He indeed felt her pain mm-hmm. uh, probably even even in deeper ways than we can imagine right. and uh, that uh, we as the saints of God or the disciples of Jesus might uh, somehow grow into that. Right. to help others experience that. Sure. So. Yeah. Very well. Well, next week uh, we will be back uh, finishing up, I think. Yeah, talking series. about um, uh, living generosity. Yes. Next week. Excellent. And so that'll be fun, I think. It will. So until then, grace and peace. Peace.